Well, this morning was different. <laughs> Going to be a lot more different than that. Um, of course, I wasn't expecting. I didn't. I not really know anymore. I don't know what to expect, and that's okay. That's okay. But uh, I was so hoping to. When you prophesy, you don't get to hear it first before you say it. I hear it when you hear it, you know. And uh, the staff here at the prayer center is so great. They already have. I already have it, a printed version. I think we're going to read it again tonight. But then Tim remembered a prophecy that came uh, through me. But it's the Lord. Back in February of 2020. Now that was right at the beginning of COVID. You know, March is when everything really began to break out. I want to read that one first because, my goodness, it, uh, well, you'll see as I read it. So I want to read the one from February 9th, 2020. That title they put on that one was, I am bringing you into my power. Doesn't this go right along with what Bronx has been teaching about the transition into power? No longer just studying about it, no longer just teaching about it, but actually making that transition. And that's what revival is, is it not? So in February, February 9th, 2020, <clears throat> the Lord said, I am bringing you more than into just my leadership. I am bringing you into my power. I shall anoint his life in you with the same power you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Always know it is me and not you. Listen to this progression. But first comes the leadership by the new nature. Second comes the leadership by me. And thirdly comes the power. We're going to talk about that later. For through your own intercession, you have pleaded with me and asked me that you not be diverted off into the ditch, onto the left, or onto the right. So for that very purpose, I have held back to a certain extent my power through you, in order that you have time to mature to that level you have requested of me, so that when this revival starts, it will not end until I return, says the Lord. Hmm. I have been teaching you line upon line, Precept upon precept, diligently, not only in this camp, but in camps that are associated with this camp. And I have been raising you up, not only in knowledge, but also in maturity of things in the Spirit, so that your core motives are aligned with mine. Well, what a sentence. And I am not finished with that process yet, but no, soon and very soon. <laughs> Remember what I was hearing last Sunday, getting ready for church? I had totally forgotten about this prophecy. I was hearing the song, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. See, I don't know what soon means to a being that lives outside of time. <laughs> but he does say here, soon and very soon. So be diligent. In these things, for sooner than you think, 
before you think you are ready. I shall use you in things that you now know not. I shall use you. You say, I'm not ready. And I am saying, it is time. So be diligent in this time of preparedness. Be diligent in this time of preparedness. He said it twice. Allow my spirit to have his way with you, for I am preparing for a great harvest, the greatest harvest this world has ever seen, and your joy shall be so full. Your joy shall be so full. Hearken to my spirit. Hearken to my spirit, says the Lord. But no, there is joy in heaven. Heaven is not a sad place, says the Lord. Heaven is not a sad place. I am the God of hope. I am the God of hope. Look unto me, yield to my spirit, and watch what I do, says the Lord. How many are ready to watch what he does? Now, I've been digesting this somewhat because now here it is. That's February, so we got February of this year. Uh, and in March, see, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So we're a year and a half. Year and a half. What has happened during this year and a half? The wall of fire. The purging time. The blueprint. Come away with me. And I've noticed how he worded things. I'm going to go back through this one first just a little bit. I'm not going to keep you too long tonight. That's my plan. He says, first comes the leadership by the new nature. And that's really Romans chapter 8 where it says, those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that should be a little less there because the context in Romans chapter 8 is learning to walk by the new nature rather than living by the flesh. He's not talking there about being led by the Spirit. That's the second thing here. So he says, first comes the leadership by the new nature. Well, can I just talk plain? The new nature, if you learn to yield to it, is going to drive every bit of sin out of your life. If you really yield to it, it's going to drive weights out of your life. Time wasters. Things that don't amount to anything. The first level of leadership, just like he says here, is yielding to the new nature. Now, I'm the poster boy for this. You all know I, I smoked for eternity in three days because I did not yield to the new nature. And the Lord was long-suffering and merciful and kind. And, uh, but finally, in order to obey him, I had to bring my flesh into subjection to the new nature. And your flesh, a lot of times, goes into that process kicking and screaming. Okay? But that's first. He said, first comes the leadership of the new nature. And if we don't ever yield to it, we're not really walking as sons of God. I'm not saying you're not going to go to heaven, but you're not walking as a son of God. All right? So, I would say to everybody watching, and to us, and myself included, if there's still... Uh, sin in your life that you know about, and usually you do. The old adage of I'm not able to stop, which I used myself for years, there's no more time for that. Uh, deal with it. He's giving you still space to repent. But what do you think this year and a half has been? A time of purging, 
the time of him shining the light into every dark part of the soul, every part of us. We're going to get to it here in a minute where he talks about your core motives. Boy, sometimes that's a lot deeper than fleshly sins, you know. So anyway, first comes the leadership by the new nature. And I know there's been a lot. Yes, sir, I'm going to say it again. I'm trying to follow the pictures again. See, in our life, now this was a little bit before the last year and a half, but in the last five years has come, I think within five years, the older I get, five years gets smaller, but <laughs> I'm getting nods from others with gray hair. <laughs> anyway, recently came the first John series, and boy, it narrowed my, it narrowed my walk. Things changed. God at War came after that. And that opened, that was the key. There was a little, one key I needed in there. That opened up the Sermon on the Mount series. I don't know if it affected you, but it narrowed my walk some more. Then has come the, what we call the blueprint for 2020, and then the subsequent prophecies. Come away with me, spend time with me especially in those areas that don't come easy to you. We talked about that this morning. So then came the blueprint prophecies and the subsequent prophecies where the Lord has been dealing with us about all kinds of things. Some of it might still be sin. I'm just, yes, sir, he keeps coming back to this. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm especially, I don't know you. I don't know who's watching. But if you're still dealing with fornication, masturbation, uh, pornography, uh, theft of any kind uh, and other type things deal with it now or you might want to find another camp because I already know judgment is going to begin at the house of God uh, he loves you he'll help you the truth of it is you don't have to keep doing it I didn't have to keep doing it nearly as long I just needed to believe the gospel and Pastor Dave Roberson all the help you need is already at DaveRoberson.org if you don't understand these things. But one of the series, Sin Shall Not Have Dominion Over You, there it is. It's never going to change. That is the truth. Hear that and do what's on it until you deal with the sin. But you better deal with it. Better deal with it. And that's because that's the first level of leadership. That is the leadership that comes by the new nature. And it's going to always say, you're a son of God, you don't do this. You don't do this. You're a child of God. You don't be doing this. Second comes the leadership by me, and that's where we're going into this next season. So, okay, getting back to the the purging time. I told you recently in my prayer, I was surprised. I mean, I, was, I saw us all walking through the fire, but I could see the end of it. I could see the end. I was surprised. We're coming to the end of this season of purging. And hopefully, it's not just Sue and I, but you too, your walk has become sufficiently narrowed now. <laughs> How did he put it? Your leadership has now become by the new nature. You don't, you're not involved in sin anymore. Even a lot of the weights are gone now. I yield to you, Lord. Whatever you, I yield to your life in me. If, if you say no, I say no. That type of thing. Because now comes the leadership by me. Now, now, that's a capital M, me. That's that's being led by the Spirit of God. Now, that's the kind of leadership that we've talked about over in Acts 16, where the Apostle Paul and Silas had finished their assignment, and they didn't know, know what to do next. 
And see, we're not, we're not, yes, sir. Okay, apparently I still have the notes, and I do. See, how did, you, how did Jesus do it? How did he do it? John chapter 5 and verse 30, out, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. He tells us exactly how he, how he did what he did. John 14, he says, Even the words that I speak to you, they're not of me. Then he says, it's the Father in me, he doeth the works. And I noticed a long time ago, first comes words, then comes works. Can you see that progression? It's the Father in me. The words, the words, they belong to the Father, they're not of me. But then in the same sentence or the same statement, he says, it's the Father in me, he doeth the works. And I saw that progression a long time ago. First the words, then the works. He describes that in John 5.30. Jesus says, I am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Now, that's a leadership that comes from the Spirit. That brings me back to Acts 16. Perfect example of Paul and Silas. They had finished their assignment. They did not know what to do next. See, and they're just like us. You can think of a lot of things to do. Maybe we should go to Asia. Maybe we should go to Bithynia. Maybe we should go here. Maybe we should go there. But God has given us someone to lead us. We're not orphans to have to figure out our own way. So they didn't know what to do. So what do you do when you, when you don't know what to do? Take a nap. No, I'm teasing but a, a vision appeared in the night. Okay, all right. A vision appeared in the night. Now, they were seeking God. I know they were seeking God. Uh, and this vision is so plain, I think even I would understand it. There's a man. Plainly says he's of Macedonia. I doubt he had a T-shirt on in those days that said Macedonia. I don't know how they knew. But anyway, it's a man of Macedonia. And in the vision, he is saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. I think I'd go, Sue. <laughs> I think I know what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I think even I would get that. See, his leadership comes in a precise way. It comes, you know, at, he doesn't, he doesn't give you every, he doesn't dot every I and cross every T, not every detail like you might want, but he sure gives you enough to obey him. Come over into Macedonia. Well, that's leadership by the big S. That is leadership by the Holy Spirit. That is leadership that's coming from the mind of Christ. Why would the Holy Spirit forbid them to go to Asia? Because it wasn't the mind of Christ. Now, later on, they did, they did go to Asia and spent years there in Ephesus, which is, you know, in Asia. But Jesus is alive and well. He has plans. Now, I want you to go to Asia. Five years from now, I don't want you going now. Right now, I want you going to Macedonia. Well, that's the kind of, that's the second level of leadership where he says, second comes the leadership by me. Okay. So now, okay. Training. It's always good for me to be transparent. One time I was praying at the ugly building, trying to hear God. How many have ever prayed and tried to hear God? 
And I'm praying, and I'm getting a few honesty people. I'm praying, I'm praying, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to know what you want me to do. Lord, I'm over here praying. A lot of it was just praying in tongues. So pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Pick your lips up off the floor. Pray in tongues some more. And suddenly I heard, just as clear as a bell. Well, I won't, no, well not externally. It's not an external voice. But I, I, how do you describe? I, I, this came. <laughs> Go give a certain person this amount of money. Oh, okay. And it was, it was an amount we could give. Wasn't huge. And so I said to the Lord, okay, I looked at my watch. My prayer time wasn't up yet. I said, okay, Lord, as soon as I'm through with my prayer time, I'll do that. Then I heard. <laughs> now, aren't you here to hear my voice? <laughs> you heard my voice. Are you going to do what I said? I went, oh. <laughs> now, it's really not more difficult than that. Oh, you mean now? Oh, okay. So I packed, packed up, got out to the car. I went and obeyed that. Now, see, it's not going to get it. That's, that's, that's it. Oh, I didn't finish reading what Jesus said. I am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God, I love this, and as I get his orders. Well, I was over there praying that day, and I got his orders. Go give so-and-so this amount of money. Okay. See, remember when he said, you're going to look back on these days and laugh that you ever thought it was so hard? It's, it's, that's the leadership of the Spirit. It can come by vision. It can come by... Dreams, it can come by voice, it can come just by leadership, growing you like a tree. This is what Dave, this is like Dave Roberson 101. This is what he told us from the beginning, right? But you hear and you obey, all right? In fact, the next sentence here that Jesus says in John 5.30, out of the Amplified, even as I hear, I judge. What does that mean? I decide as I am bidden to decide. We don't use the word bidden very much. Today we would say, I decide as I'm told to decide. As the voice comes to me. So I give a decision. And my judgment or my decision is right. It's just and righteous. Here it is. Because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. So how did Jesus function? He did what he was told. He submitted to the Father. He had the ability to hear the Father. Now guess what? You have the ability to hear the Lord. That's why one of the primary reasons he gave us the Holy Spirit, and it's another one of the primary reasons why he hooked you up with Dave Roberson all these years, so you could learn to hear his voice. Say it with me. I am his sheep. I am able to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know his voice. I know when he speaks to me. I understand what he says. I am totally submitted to Christ. Same way he is committed to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Say.
All right. First comes the leadership by the new nature. That new nature is what he gave you to deal with sin and weights. Second comes the leadership by me. We're going to be talking a lot about that. Hearing his voice and hearkening. What does hearken mean? It's, we don't use that word a whole lot. Hearken is more than hear. It's hear and obey. Hear and obey. Okay? But then comes, he said, only then comes the power. So we've been going through this purging time. Yes, sir. Uh, he says, come on down. All right. Let's talk about the core motives. I have been teaching you line upon line, precept upon precept, diligently, not only in this camp, but in camps that are associated with this camp. By the way, they're all around the world. That's more than Immokalee and Dayton, Ohio. We got them everywhere. Brazil, Germany, Ireland, every, just everywhere. Africa, all over Africa. Just Canada. Lots and lots of places. <clears throat> I have been raising you up not only in knowledge, but get this. This is Alan Taylor 101, but also in maturity. I've been raising you up not only in knowledge, but also in maturity. What kind of maturity? Maturity of things in the Spirit so that your core motives are aligned with mine. Hmm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Part of the time when we spend... Yes, sir. Okay. My job is to follow the pictures. The elder son never went into the world the same way that the prodigal did. The prodigal asked for his inheritance and he went out into the world. He's very much a type of, you know, nearly all of us, I guess. And he wasted his inheritance on riotous living, the way the King James put it. Spent his father's substance on harlots. King James is nice. Well, we know the story about him, that he finally came to himself at the pig pen, returned to his father's house, and and, uh, he was received back as a son. But we hardly ever teach about the elder son, because the elder son didn't make that same mistake. He's more like what Alan's been talking about. He is a... given himself to laboring in his father's fields. He's never left. He didn't go into the world. He's late. He says, I, I've been in your fields. I've been laboring out here. But you remember when Alan said, I remember, well, I remember when he said it. He says, you can serve God your whole life and never know him. Well, that is the elder son. It doesn't mean he doesn't know who he is, but he did not know his father's heart because he was upset when he found out that there was a party and happiness and you know, barbecue, glory to barbecue. Anyway, going on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to pause there for a moment. <laughs> Sue just shaking her head. <laughs> but the elder son was upset. Why? Now watch this. His core motives were not the same as his father's. I'm going to say it another way. The love of the father for that prodigal was not in the elder son. The elder son would not even call him his brother. This your son has returned. Wouldn't even call him his brother. I want to say it again. The love of the father for the sinner was not in the elder son, even though that elder son was spending his whole life, can I say in church, his whole life 
in the Father's fields, his whole life living for God or living for his Father, but he did not know his Father. Now, there is only one cure for that, and it is the blueprint. It is, and the subsequent prophecies. There is only one way that that elder son is going to get the love of, the, the same love that's in the Father to be in him. He's going to have to go spend time with his Father. Continuing to do what he has been doing is not going to change him. He's going to have to change his routine. Yeah, but my routine is good. I'm laboring in my Father's fields. For today's lesson, I'm, we're, we're feeding the orphans and we're, we're taking care of the widows and we're clothing the naked and we're, and God's not against any of that, but you can do a lot of that and still not have a heart for the lost. You still, you can be doing it. You can be in the atheist that we talked about this morning is taking care of orphans and widows. Does he know the father? Not at all. You can only get the love of God from God. The only hope, the only cure for that elder son syndrome. Can I say that? The elder son syndrome. The only cure. Come away with me. Come, Elder son, come into the house. Let's talk. Let's fellowship. Let's spend time together. And if he'd have done that, it wouldn't have been very long. Again, I see again, they're, they're fellowshipping. Maybe he brought Krispy Kreme donuts and Starbucks. Doesn't get any better. Hallelujah. Krispy Kreme donuts and Starbucks. And they're fellowshipping. But while they're fellowshipping, that elder son would notice every now and then that father looking out the front window, looking down that dusty road every now and then. He'd just see him look again. said, are you, are you, what are you looking for? Said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for your brother. I'm hoping today is the day. That my son, your brother, comes home. And that elder son would be surprised. You can tell he would be surprised. Well, I didn't know you felt that way. I thought you'd be mad at him. He's been out sinning and wasting your money. I thought you'd be mad. And so, well, I don't, I don't approve of what he's doing, but I sure do love him. If the elder son would have kept that fellowship up, what's going to happen? The love of the father is going to get in that elder son. And really, a ministry is born at that point. Because it wouldn't be very long, he'd be going, Would you like for me to go look for him? Would you like for me to go tell him that you, 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 you still love him? That you want him to come home? Would you like for me? An evangelist is born. <laughs> a ministry is born, right? Okay. So, not only is this a time of learning to be led by the new nature, and that's dealing with sin, and wait, okay? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm, I'm going to throw this one in, too. There's another wait for Gary. You, we know we confess all the time during our calling in the lost, my time is yours and my body is yours. God's real nice because I never heard him thunder out of heaven, bet me. <laughs> it's a good confession as I use my time any way that I want to. And I eat whatever I want to. But we're coming into that time now. He's really dealing, he's been dealing with me for a while about it. No, my time is yours. My body is yours. 
Yes, sir. And that is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. That holy, if it's not holy, it's not acceptable. But holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be you transformed, be you no longer conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not that you may know, but that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're, we're coming now into the time of proving it. Showing the world something. Showing the world something. Yes, sir. I heard this phrase today. He said, I'm going to start treating you like grown-ups. What else would you call maturity? Paul even said to the church, he said, be no more children. Isn't that right? Be no more children. He wants us to grow up into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Would you call that a grown-up? Boy, there are people here, they're just really quiet. Now, you know I'm preaching to me too. All right, well, let's go on. Let's move on to today's, okay? Of course, he's had me in the Old Testament a lot here lately. It was really, it's been really good for me. I did not know the depth to which Israel had fallen. I didn't realize that they had literally brought idols into the very temple of God. You know, Ezekiel is the one, I don't know if you know this, Ezekiel is the one that saw the glory of God leave the Holy of Holies before the temple was destroyed. Did you know that? I didn't know it till this week, really. Ezekiel is the one that saw the glory of God leave. The wheel within a wheel and the chariots and, you know, I mean, the, the, the wing, the creatures with the four wings that had hands underneath the wings. At one point, Ezekiel sees the glory of God basically get into that, that device, whatever it is, and leave. And that's right before the temple was destroyed, Solomon's temple. There's a lot of good things back there. <laughs> But what amazed me, not only did I realize, I had not realized the depth to which... Do you know that more than once God said to them through the prophets, He said, you're worse than the Canaanites that I drove out in front of you. Your sins, you've gotten so bad, you are worse than the Canaanites. When I, I took their land and gave it to you, and now you're worse than they were. But now here's the flip side of that. Even after the first level of judgment, where many of them had already been, Israel, the northern kingdom had already been conquered, it's been, it's been exiled. And about 130 or so years later, the same thing happens with Judah, but it happened in two parts. So the first exiles have been taken away to the same area where the first exiles from Israel were. That's Ezekiel. He went in that group. So he's exiled over in Babylon, but the temple has not yet been destroyed. There's still a few years. And so Ezekiel is a prophet to the remaining bunch. That's not very many left, but the temple is still standing, and Ezekiel is the prophet to them. And even through Ezekiel, God is holding out the opportunity for them to repent. So he does not have to bring the final judgment. You talk about the long-suffering 
and the mercy of God. Through Jeremiah, time and time again, he said to them, Just turn from your wicked ways. Return unto me and do what I've instructed you to do. I will forgive all of your sins. I will forgive. And I will not have to bring the destruction upon you. Time and again, the love of God is amazing. But they would not. Hmm. So he knows that's where I've been. So anyway, this morning, this morning, the Lord said through me, I was weary with Israel and how they refused to repent and return to me. They were worshiping idols. They had gone so far as to bring the idols, the pagan little g gods, who are not gods, little g, works of men's hands made out of stone and wood, and they brought them into my house. They brought them into the temple to bow down before them. Excuse me. They brought them into the temple to bow down before that which is not God, and they did it in my face. And I did become weary, and I sent prophet after prophet after prophet, for they had not the Holy Ghost as you have, in order to report to them my displeasure, report to them what was coming, report to them the judgment. And my heart was, maybe, maybe they will hear my prophet. Maybe they will hear and repent. There were seasons of repentance, but then they would lapse back into the same again. And finally, judgment could no longer be spared. And I loved my bride, Israel, yet she gave me no choice. The sin of the church today, my bride, is in some camps similar to that. But in this camp, it is unbelief. Those of you who have endured the purging time have walked much more narrowly before me, and I am greatly pleased with that, says the Lord. And you should be greatly pleased also, because it has spared you. It has spared you from the kind of judgment that Israel had to endure. But beyond, there is a higher walk that I am calling you to. I am calling you to the walk of my son Jesus to allow Him to live His life through you. For He truly is the vine, and you are the branch. But the fruit cannot appear on the vine without the branch. I am calling you now to this season of transformation, this season of transformation now to go from unbelief to belief. For Now listen to what He says. For you will believe Me. Let's just worship for a moment. Father, I thank you that you said that. You, we will believe you, Father. We will believe you. Say it. We will believe you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me read that sentence again. I am calling you now to this season of transformation. This season of transformation now to go from unbelief to belief. For you will believe me. Then he said, I have more faith in you than you have in me. You are my hope in the earth. 
I do believe you will walk in the truth of my gospel. I do believe I have found a group, not only in this building, but I have found a group of people who will believe me and allow my life to flow through you as the branch into this earth so that those who know me, excuse me, so that those who know me not cannot rear up and say, the church is no better than us. The church is no different than us. So they cannot stand up arrogantly and say there is no God. They must see. They must see the demonstration of the living God through you, says the Lord. So that was the first prophecy. And then a little later he says, I am moving you from knowledge to power, says the Lord. I am moving you from theory to reality. I am moving you from an earthly understanding of even divine things to a divine understanding of earthly things. I'm not smart enough to say sentences like that. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. Read. What's a sentence, isn't it? I am moving you from an earthly understanding of divine things to a divine understanding of earthly things. You shall enter into my rooms where I shall fellowship with you. And your soul is about to go through a transformation unlike anything you have ever seen before. Even your natural mind is going to yield and begin thinking to the instruction of my spirit. And your mind will bow to my knowledge and stop surrendering to yours. I'm tired of my mind bowing to my knowledge. He needs us to let our minds bow to his knowledge. Now, I'm going to I'm not going to try and elaborate much more on that. Uh I'm not going to not not tonight anyway. See, what what was it about the mind of Jesus that when all the boats are left <clears throat> and it's nighttime and you're alone and there's a storm going on and you need to get to the other side of the of the sea <clears throat> And he says he doesn't do anything without his father telling him, What do I do, Father? Well, walk on the water. And his mind bowed, his natural mind. He, again, now Jesus is not operating as God. Jesus is operating as a man with the life of God in him, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. But what do I do, Father? There's no boat storming. What do I do? It's nighttime. I just walk on the water. <laughs> and his mind yielded to the mind of the Spirit. Okay. I'll walk on the water. We gotta, we're coming into that season. I've had the tiniest little taste of that. I haven't walked on no water yet. <laughs> But I've had the tiniest little taste through the gifts of the Spirit just to know a little taste of what it is. That, that, anyway, I don't, there's no point getting into that tonight. I'm just, I'm excited about what's coming. So to summarize the message tonight, not just for us here and, but all of you watching, listen, there's three stages. We've been in this purging now for a while. The first level of leadership is the new nature. That's really Romans chapter 8. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, little s, 
They are the sons of God. That's where you walk as a son, as you yield to the new nature. So the new, that process is where you deal with sins and where you deal with weights. Get rid of that stuff that has nothing to do with the kingdom. The second level is learning now to yield to the Holy Spirit, which is really yielding to the mind of Christ, because the Holy Spirit brings us the mind of Christ. That's the purpose. But as you as you hear instruction from Him, now, the same way you had to learn to yield to the new nature, now you got to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. And my experience has been He doesn't start you off with impossible things. It starts off with smaller things. Give this lady $10, drive across town, give that person 20 bucks. Uh, take groceries to a family at midnight or near midnight. Uh, you know, it's not impossible things. Those, that, that's how it starts. Okay? But eventually it's going to be open the eyes of the blind. Eventually it's going to be command a new leg to grow out. And so forth. <laughs> then comes, though, really, the power. See? And that's what Jesus walked in. But we can plainly see Jesus had no sin, did he? So, number one, totally yielded to the nature of God. No sin, even though he was tempted in all points. So he's full grown, right? No sin. Second, he plainly tells us, whatever I, whatever the Father said, that's what I do. I don't do anything else. I don't even check with my own will anymore. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not at that place. I'm not at that place. Right now... Everything he says, I kind of check it with my own will. But I don't want to be there. Okay? You don't either. But see, only when those two things are in place, he says, then the power. Now, because he said plainly, this revival is not going to be short-lived. When he's, when he's done it before those two things before and just had a revival by the gifts, they're usually short-lived. A year, two years, five years tops, and then they're gone. Why? Some, some way or another, the flesh gets in there, and it gets all messed up. But he plainly said, this one, this one is going to continue until he returns. And I don't, I don't care how long that is. Hallelujah. Okay. Did you all get anything out of that? I'm excited about what's coming. I'm excited. Glory to God. But boy, get, get your act together, you know. Uh, if the if the path is still too wide and you know it's too wide and there's stuff he's been dealing with you about, deal with it. Get help if you need it. He let me use, uh, I mean, just on uh, cigarettes, for just for example, he let me use uh, lozenges. You know, those had finally come out, those lozenges. He didn't care. He, he'll let you use help. You know, if you need, to, if you need uh, AA or if you need Drugs Anonymous or whatever they call it. <laughs> if, you know, there's programs for practically everything. If you need help, get help, but get free. Come to the place where we yield. Okay, i got to stop. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go ahead and start the confessions now. I'm more excited about these confessions. I am telling you, I'm going to prophesy again. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. I'm going to tell you again, everything that we have been saying on these confessions are going to come to pass exactly as we have said them. Because it is the mind of Christ. And that includes Dave 2.0 walking through the door one of these days. Younger looking, better looking, more funny, and more anointed than ever.
And I'm looking forward to that. Hallelujah.